Welcome to How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X. How's Your E-Presence is a show that focuses on personal social media. We believe here on How's Your E-Presence that personal social media is where the most of the business is done, not through a company social media account. This social media is managed by, or this show, and social media for that matter, is managed by ePresence. And ePresence manages social media for organizations that understand business is done more effectively through the individual profile on social media. I am Mark Galvin. I'm coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Now, here on How's Your ePresence, we're going to talk about social media how to spend time with uh, important people also that are, quite frankly, uh, experts from uh, the field of business and can lend their voice to, to what's going on on social media. Why do you want to listen to the show? So you can figure out how to leverage social media to make a little bit more money, because that's what we're all in business for. And that's because 93% of buying decisions are made through, are influenced by social media. How can you use social media to grow your business? We're all looking to have that question answered. So hopefully we'll give you a couple of tips today in our 30 minutes to give you ways that that works a little better. We're going to spend some time sharing updates from the ePresence research team about social media changes. And we've got a lot of new updates on LinkedIn that we're going to share with you today. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to jump into a, uh, have a conversation with our guest, and I'll get to him in just a moment. But do note this, my handle on Twitter and and, and LinkedIn and, and Facebook, all all the places, exact same. It's at ePresenceMG, ePresenceM for Mark, G for Galvin. Shoot me a note there. If you have a question about anything social media, you can ask it on, uh, on Twitter or any of those locations. And if I see it pop up today, I'll answer it while we're on the show. If for some reason you, you don't catch us on the show because you're listening to this uh, as a recorded show, hit me online, you can still do the same thing, and I can answer your question in a, in a future show. So, I'm excited. We have a great guest today, and I'm thrilled to get an opportunity to introduce all of you to Adam Shapiro with Sales Reform School. Adam, welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark. Glad you're here. Uh, you have an organization that you started back in 04. Sales Reform School, been around since, goodness gracious, what are we, 15 years old now? Just about, and it's an organization of one, for that matter. Well, that's fantastic. Well, you know, it's hard to manage that staff, isn't it? It is very tough. <laughs> so, you know, you've got a, uh, you, your school is, uh, your uh, your company is a teenager. You could say that. You could say that. I'd like to say I'm, I'm out of adolescence, and now I know where I'm going. <laughs> it took 15 years to get to where you are, right? Well, constant, constant improvement. Yeah, well, tell me, what do you guys do? So, I help B2B sales teams. See, I, I'm making you bigger. Yeah, you're making me you bigger. You guys. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not faking it till I make it, though. I feel like I've already made it. Um, <laughs> I prepare and professionalize business-to-business -business sales teams. What that usually means is figuring out what their sales process should look like, what the conversations they should have within each step of that process, what the recaps should look like after each step of that process, and then what are the disciplines they should be exhibiting to pull it all together. Oftentimes that means I'm documenting processes and conversations and things like that, and then rolling it out to their teams. So... I envision a, uh, a maybe a little dysfunctional sales team. Uh, I, by the way, I spent many years in the hotel business and sales. I was on a few dysfunctional teams. So 
you could come in and, and look at the processes and the way that things are working and the way people are held accountable or not held accountable and help them make everybody more effective? Not only that, but oftentimes we hire people and we expect them immediately to go out there and, hey, here's the names, here's our market, go get them. Right. But no one's documented any tribal knowledge. Nobody's documented what the stories are to tell, to, to build trust. Nobody's documented what the, our differentiators are and how to position them. No one's even armed people with what the questions are to ask to even drive people to realize, hey, you have something valuable to offer. If you don't do all that thing, all that stuff, and then you see failure with a sales rep, how can you justify getting yeah. rid of them when you haven't prepared them? Very interesting. And, and sales, and there's a lot of sales uh, uh, consultants, let's say, um, that's a broad stroke, right? Because I know there are different types of sales people that can help you with specific a aspects. But you're looking at it, it sounds like more holistically. Is that a good sure. description? When I go into an organization, usually anywhere from six to 30 people involved in sales, marketing, and delivery. Right. I'm asking, so what's your sales culture? I usually get a blank stare. Well, what do you mean? We go out and we sell. We, we close deals. I'm like, Sounds like what salespeople would say. Well, you, that's right. Well, what mm, do you mean by sales? That? Well, you know, how do you share information? How do you share successes? How do you share stories on positioning? Things like that. And there's not a mechanism for doing that. I'll ask, so is there a sales playbook? Is there any documentation on what people should be doing and saying as they go out and just try to gain prospects and move them through a sales process to closing? Right. Oftentimes there isn't. There's not. Sure. Right. And that's, that's where the dysfunction comes in. Because like the teams you were probably on, People are out there doing their own thing. Management's like, oh, what are they doing out there? I don't right. know. I got to be on every sales call. And now they're being pulled every which way. It's fascinating. Uh, so uh, I went from a director of housekeeping in a hotel into sales. Sat down and day one was said, okay, here are your clients and answer the phone and book them. So I, had, I, I was self-taught basically. Uh, now this is a, a, a large brand named hotel company. This was not an independent hotel that didn't have the resources. So this is not a small issue. Uh, there, you've, uh, so they said sink or swim, see yeah, how you do. This is, uh, well, and that company did that in general, and, and they were known as great trainers. What was interesting is that it was effective in that environment. And sometimes it can work, I suppose, and sometimes it doesn't. And you're able to, and I bet that team could have been improved. As a matter of fact, when new leadership came in on that specific team, there was a marked uh, improvement, and he did implement some things that were very worthwhile. Th think about where we are today in the economy. We're at virtually f full employment. Right. Um, yet there are... I would argue we are, we at, are, full, yeah, are yeah. at full employment. Yet there are companies out there who are trying to hire sales reps and they all want the unicorn who is a <laughs> great experienced sales rep who immediately come in and make a difference. Oh, and that person wants to leave the current job because they're not unemployed right now. Sure. What does that leave? That leaves young people who are now looking for their first job or career transitioners. And they, yeah, they and you no, expect them to just hit the ground running. And they're not going to. They're not going to. Absolutely amazing. Well, let's talk a little social media. Sure. Spend a little time on that uh, for about uh, seven or, or eight minutes from here because I got some updates. And I want you to jump in here because there are things that you are experiencing because you are on LinkedIn and you're leveraging it to, to achieve some of your own uh, goals. So here's some things that are going on. And I am going to focus on LinkedIn this uh, specific month exclusively because there's new things that are going on. The first thing is, I don't have this, and so any of you out there, if you have this on uh, on your version of LinkedIn, and, and do know, LinkedIn rolls out versions of itself in stages. 
And so, Adam, you may get a version of LinkedIn that I don't have. Yes, we're all logging into our either our laptop or that our, our phone. Actually, I think that the apps come out in bulk, but your your laptop or your desktop will have a different version. So some of you have this, and, 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 and I don't. So I'd love for you to let me know if you do. If you go to my network on LinkedIn, and so the, my network on the desktop is right at the top of the screen. Uh, it's, uh, it's the same icon that you'll see on your phone. It's the two little shadowed people. Um, they're solid inside. Uh, they're solid when it's selected on your laptop, uh, and then they're hollow when, uh, when not. When you select that, what will happen in the future is you're going to see an option to add teammates coming up. Here's what their goal is. They want you to be able to add your teammates, your, you know, your, your sales team will want, this is probably not effective for you. Adam. Actually, it might be with when I start working with a sales team, because if it's oh. through LinkedIn, it would be not necessarily within the four walls of the company. So I, for example, I yeah. have a new client right now. Right. We're starting to, I'm starting to work through all their materials so I can educate myself on their company, how they position themselves. So now it's me outsider and three insiders. Brilliant. To share information. Yeah, I would think that that would be really worthwhile. I'm I'm questioning because I don't have this. One thing, it may limit you to connecting to the people that were are within an organization. At least it's on the profile okay. as as that organization. But I would also think that that organization has to be selected correctly on the profile. But that may I may not be right there. So we'll see. But here's what's cool is once you, once you are on that team, it's going to prioritize the updates from the team so that it shows up higher in your in your feed posts comments like shares work anniversaries and the uh, and the like sounds like they're trying to get into slack's business ah uh, well i would tell you what i love slack and i think that there may be something there if you look at the linkedin messaging app or on your desktop laptop whatever you use that seems to be copying more and more facebook messenger they just have to nail the experience of actually creating putting words into those boxes because well, the editor it just yeah. is not like anywhere near things like slack or other tools it's a it's a very good point linkedin does not do as good a job in um in the experience on uh when you get into messenger and and here's what i think that linkedin should focus on is that professional side of how how that experience happens it needs to be efficient and streamlined i don't want a lot of fluff and most business people if they're going to use it they're not interested in fluff now they do some other things inside um inside messenger which are really worth mentioning and that is you can now set up appointments or share open times right through the the messenger app and this is awesome for your phone right right on there you click the little calendar icon and when you do you can it flips to your calendar pulls it from your phone and will and you can tap the days or times that you're available and it will drop it into messenger now that's pretty darn cool that is really cool that's smart i could have used that yesterday yeah and then let's take it one step further now you're trying to figure out where to go or you you pick a location i got this great new bakery on buford highway that i love and i can go into the location button so they have the um it's like the push pin symbol icon there. If you touch that, you can search a location, and I can share that location with you right through the Messenger app. So pretty cool. If you haven't had a chance to, to look at that, definitely give that a look. I think that a lot of us can put that to use. All right, what else do we have here? Ah, this is good. So LinkedIn rolled this out last year, and I'm really curious. This is a question for, for all of you. Have you used LinkedIn kudos? Kudos, as in 
hey, Adam, congratulations on your new client. Have you seen this? I assume uh, I have when I'm asked if I want to congratulate someone for a new job or a new position. Well, yes and no. So there is, uh, and we are, uh, this is not a video. Actually, we are videotaping this, uh, this show, but I'm going to show you this on my computer over here. So when I click start a post, down here at the bottom, there's a button. See, it says give kudos. I have my glasses on. I can yeah. see that. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, trust <laughs> me. Right. It's, right, it's right there. <laughs> it says give kudos. Got it. So if I touch this, what it's going to do is I've got to go search. So I'm going to search for Adam here. And oops, if I can spell your last name correctly. So Adam S H A P. There you are right yeah. there. So now I, I select, once you do, you go in, you select the name, you hit next, and you get all these little icons, these little cool graphics, kind of cute, you know, little graphics. They look like, um, um, like it's something you would print on hand to someone, like a certificate. Yeah. Um, and so I can go ahead, I'm going to click, hey, congratulations on going above and beyond. And so once I, Select all that. Your tag, hashtag kudos, wow, going above and beyond. I and could use that for congratulating people, giving them kudos for taking a sales reform school class. Bravo. Absolutely. Here's the problem. Workshop. I'm going to post this. It's on my feed. Here's the problem. You get three of them a month. Now, why would they limit it? I don't understand that. Because they want some more money out of this. But there's not a, I'm on a paid version. Well, there's no way to pay for more? You can't buy more? Uh, no. I, why limit it to three a month? I don't know. If everybody gets a kudo. It's not. A, it's not worth a worthwhile kudo. I. We could talk about this for thirty minutes. Good. <laughs> but I am curious. Any of you out there using it? Do you like it? Is it working well? And here's my number one question: it, When you use it, is it getting interaction? Are people seeing it? Are you finding that it's reaching a larger audience? Because my posts in general get around. Uh, a, a good one gets 200, an average one I get about 150 views, unless, unless like, uh, um, like I spoke at BCN last week. That one blew up. I got a lot more interaction because there was a lot of people in the audience and they were potentially sharing it. But an average post gets that. I'd like to saying, see. Are you saying I can like give three kudos a month you can to only anyone? Hit, I can only get, yeah, you can only hit that little give three, give kudos three times a month. Well, it's not going to work for me then. Yeah, for you, for a sales team, if you're yeah. working with six people, that's right. kind of crazy. I if just you're had a great sit- meeting with a client. I want to give them kudos yeah. for a great meeting. I can only well, give three. Try this. Try it. See, if it, see what happens when you do this, because it is a cool thing. And, you know, it's a little neat graphic, and you don't know that I didn't spend 20 minutes creating this little airplane graphic that's in my feed now. So I do like it, but I am curious. How's it working for you guys? Is it something that you think is worthwhile? And then give me your comments about, gosh, why are they limiting three a month? All right, cool. I'll do it. So, Adam, let's shift to you. You're now officially on the hot seat. I've, I'm going to give you the hardest question I can come up with because I don't want to throw softballs at you. You're a guy that can handle the tough stuff. You Get ready? Get to me. All right. Are salespeople born or are they trained? Roll, drum roll. So I actually wrote a blog post about this. You did not. Not too long ago, within the last uh, six I months. I swear I to say. you, everyone, I'm, real, I'm telling so you, I did my, not see Here's this. my self-promotion on salesreformschool.com like under lessons. Okay. You can look for a post called Can She Sell? Can She Sell? And my answer to your question is probably hmm. as long as she has four things. Does she have passion for succeeding or passion for the product or offering that she's selling? All right, I'm going to write this down. Passion. Passion. Does she have the requisite intelligence 
for what it is you're selling and for the audience. I can't spell uh, intelligence. I'm right. Smarts and intelligence. Fine. Smarts. <laughs> I want competitive people selling for me. Oh, you betcha. So do they hate to lose, and are they can do what it takes to win. And then lastly, are they fearless? Is this oh. a, is she going to be able to take rejection and say, you know what, tomorrow's another day? That's a hint to the picture that's on the this blog post, by the way. Yeah. Oh, really? I got to pull it up. Passion, smarts. Uh, competitive and fearlessness. That's right. And we, we do find people who are competitive, but the moment you slam a door in their face, they want to run away. Uh, That's not the person we're looking for. So they have those four characteristics. Yeah. I think she can sell. Wow. Okay. There's this funny. There's a door-to-door salesman. I work in my basement for the record. A door-to-door salesman shows up at my house, and I have a camera upstairs so that I don't have to get out of my seat when somebody's at the front door I want to talk to. And I'm going to tell you what. This guy came up, and he knocked on the door, and he waved at the camera. I thought that was fearless. There you go. I, I, I thought, you know what? I need to go say hello to this guy because I think that that's brilliant. He didn't look at the camera and say, oh, no, there's a camera. He looked at the camera and he waved. He's like, okay, I think somebody's looking at me. You know, come see me. I'm a nice guy. I did not, by the way, for the record, go see him that bad. Um, kids at home, you still want to talk through the door and not open the door yet? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to make sure it's someone you want to open the door to. But there's something you said that I think is really important. Passion. I, I think that business, all business, starts with passion. And it's hard to instill that in someone. Can you teach passion? No, I don't think you can. Okay. However, you can perceive it in someone. So, for example, before I started my own business in 2004, I had about eight years worth of selling for other people right. with, with companies. The moment I felt like, you know what, I don't really care if I sell this thing or not because it's not worthwhile, oh, yeah. I lose my mm-hmm. passion for mm-hmm. it. I yeah, don't want to sell point. it anymore. I have never been the type of person who could sell ice to Eskimos. Right. They don't need it. Why should I, why should I, why, why should I give it to them? So, uh, so I like that. So if I can't exhibit That's a great it, comeback. I'm going to use that for the record that when someone says, I can sell ice to Eskimos, and I'm going to say, why? They why do you want to do that? They don't need it. Yeah. So can you um, generate passion? Sure. So it's, it's up to the executive team now, as a team, to, to instruct or show, to display to their sellers why they should be passionate about their uh, offering. Okay. And if they don't get it, it's time to get somebody else. Brilliant. All right. How do you do that? May, I don't want to get too much of your secret sauce, but how do you as an executive teach your team to have some passion? Well, give them that passion, right? It's become a, something trite. Everyone says, well, selling is about solving problems and helping people. We all want to be servant sellers. We want to help people and things like that. If you can't describe for your sellers why what your offering does helps people achieve their goals and objectives, then you probably shouldn't be in business. Then every business is in business to improve the world in some way. Right. And every Hopefully. business is in business to help those people reach their goals and objectives in some way as it applies to their business. If you can't describe that, what are you doing? So and it really starts at the, at the get-go. I'm interviewing a salesperson they're in, and, and I share, and I get pretty passionate about what I do. All right, I consider us sort of the tip of the spear. I am an organization, I represent an organization that is attempting to help people connect better online through social media because that's where business is really done. And if I've got a salesperson like, eh, and I don't see any kind of mm, little punch that comes out of that, I probably ought to move on. If this isn't exciting to them, yeah. it's not worth it. Oh, it's really not, really not worth it. Smarts. How do you evaluate smarts? I think in conversations it comes up. I'll give you an example. I'll talk about my daughter. My daughter is in her first sales engineering job. Oh, wow. For um, Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Would have never imagined she would land, land there. Yeah. But Jordan can learn. If someone's willing to teach her, she'll learn. 
So they took a risk on a communications major, brought her in. She's doing great. So, so she she's has got the passion. requisite intelligence. She's got passion. She's got the requisite intelligence. She's got the smarts to figure out their stuff. You're gonna make that's me what you need to figure you, out. You really are gonna make me write that down. Requisite intelligence. Right. See, I didn't You're have the line. requisite intelligence to write that the first time. Could could you or <laughs> I? I'm, we don't know each other too well, but I'm gonna guess that the two of us couldn't sell jet propulsion systems. Well, you, know you got to be a rocket scientist. You got to be a rocket scientist. You really have to be a rocket scientist. Yeah, that's those. probably true. Although I think that'd be pretty cool for the record. I'd be pretty passionate about it. Maybe I, maybe you put in extra time to learn it. Yeah, I might do that. Okay. I might do that. Um, competitive. So this is interesting. Um, I can, I'm going to tell you a story talking about kids. So I have. Um, so my son is 23. Oh God, Jim, if you're listening, maybe you're 24. Whatever, you know your age. It's 23 for the show, and. Uh, he is working in a sales role, and I never, never thought that he would be a salesperson. I didn't think it was a good fit. And I know him really well, you'd think. But here's what he's got. He is the most competitive damn person I've ever met. He is. He, he can't watch a sporting event if his team is losing because he gets so darn upset about it. And that competitive bent if you want to say it i mean it's actually it informs his passion it informs his fearlessness right so he, he wants to win so bad he is fearless as i saw him playing soccer and someone was about to kick the ball and he he went up to block and he spread his hand he was spread eagle in front of the the, the guy kicking you nuts right that's fearlessness for the record um and it, it all that informed his ability to be a good salesperson, and, and this organization loves him because of it. And I never really thought about it. That that competitive spirit can have an impact on some of the other pieces. That's right. If I don't if I don't solve this problem, if I don't help these people reach their goals, someone else will. Ah, and that's going to yeah. take that's going to take money out of my pocket. Yeah, it's one of those things that can push you through the afternoon doldrums. Uh, yesterday, I was at an event. They served Reuben sandwiches for lunch. I thought, oh, this is going to kill me. I'm going to fall asleep. And, and I did, but got, got a little jazz in the afternoon when I thought a competitor of mine was going to, to beat me on, a, on a, a certain account, and it, and it woke me up. Oh, that's really cool. Um, all right, I got, let's see. I got another question for you. Give me your favorite sales success story. So this happened back in October. I use um, my lessons link on my, uh, my website. I use my blog posts my, when I post those to LinkedIn. I've always, in other places I post uh, things I write, I've always considered those as proof steps for my prospects. Mm -hmm. In other words, I didn't have any delusions that someone's gonna read it out there in the wild, say, oh my gosh, I gotta work with Adam. Yeah. I didn't really think that. Sure. Um, but when people wanna say, oh, so who is this guy? He sounds like he has a good game. Let's see what he writes and what he's all about. And it, it would work. Well, back in October, I wrote a blog post um, about what, uh, what salespeople should learn from their prospects about what they need to be doing to help them see why there's value. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, um, so I posted in various places. One of the places I posted is a private network that I'm a part of called Vistage. And I thought, you know, there's a technology network in there. Most of my clients are in the technology industry, those things. It'd be a good place for me to post this content. We'll see what happens. It sure. takes five minutes. Right. Not a big deal. Bada bing, bada boom. I there you go. A gentleman in New York City sees it. He's a chair up there and has maybe 30 people in his network that he meets with regularly to help work through business problems. He sees my post, out of nowhere contacts me, says, I really like what you wrote. I think I have a colleague who needs your help. 
Uh, I'm like, wow. And so I started looking around the room, making sure there's another can- <laughs> to candid camera or something like that. Where I'm about to be at. Where, 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 come on, this isn't really happening. Right, right. right. I have two clients now and another opportunity up in New York City because of it. Never would have met them if I hadn't posted good content in that social network. And how much time per week are you doing con- doing stuff like that? What, so I have a time? bit of a contrarian view on this. Yes. I still think that good content is the most important element of a content strategy. I get, and I'm sure you get, tons of content from some of the bigger names you'd think about. Right. Click, delete, delete, delete. I don't have time to read it. Right. My network tells me that, hey, I get your stuff, and I actually read it because I send out about once a month. Right. And that works for me. Not too much. But once a month, I post something. I send it out on MailChimp, post it on my blog, post it to LinkedIn, put it on those private networks, and people read it because they know Adam's not going to spam me with a ton of stuff. So about once, but it's got to be good. Uh, So if you're not a good writer, if you you haven't ever gotten feedback that you're a good writer, don't write. Hire someone. Find somebody else. Get somebody to do it. This is... um, this is important for anyone that is blogging, that they think about this. What do they have to share? And I do say, I do think that there's a ramp up. And uh, I'd be interested to see what you think about this. I think there's a bit of a ramp up. Is that, all right, I've never blogged, never done it. I don't know what I'm going to write about. So uh, I have, and, and then you get the next thing is, I have nothing to say, right? And what I, what I share with clients is that you do. 80% of your day is spent doing the same thing again and again and again. You think this is boring because your brain's been dealing with that all the time. But your audience, the people that can learn from you, don't know that because that's not their specialty. So share your knowledge on all that stuff and don't hide. I also don't believe you should put, you know, I don't want to share my best stuff. No, no man, share, share your best stuff. Share your stuff because they won't be able to repeat it. They won't right. be able to implement it. So I got two things for you. Yeah. So I have three kids. You said you had two. I have three kids. Uh, by the way, I have, I have three. I got to make three? sure we, okay. yeah, because my youngest would be upset. I went in high school, <laughs> one in high school, one in college, and I've told you about Jordan. Who's sure. That. And whenever they say, oh, I don't like to write, I'm not going to be good at it. But they recognize they need to be able to write. Good. Do so you know how you become a better writer? By writing. By writing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'm going to age myself a little bit, but if you've heard of Nora Ephron, Nora used sure. to say, everything is copy. So everything that happens in your life, you, there's, a, there's a, a little process you can go through in your head saying, could I apply that to what I'm doing for a living? Could I apply that to what I'm doing? So I look for inspiration everywhere. And, and, I, and I keep a little note file on my phone and, and, and I call it stuff. Right. Something comes to mind, I'll put it in there and then when it comes time to write and I know it's time to write, I'll be like, all right, what was I inspired by? Right. Working with clients, something comes up and I'll say, hey, can I use that for a blog post? Don't worry, no one will know it was you. And, I, and that's where I get a lot of my ideas from. Uh, and, and, but you're doing it. And that's the thing. You're budgeting the time, and this is something else. You've got to budget the time. You're budgeting the time. You're figuring out when you want to do it, and you, and you make sure you jump in and do it. And you're sharing your best stuff. And I, and I can't emphasize that enough to all of you listening. Share your best stuff. And finally, and this kind of come, swing it back to social media, we post stuff on social media that nobody cares about. I think we've all done it. Stop doing that. Think about your audience. Think about what would, if you were your audience, would you want to see what you're posting? And it can be simple. It can be nothing. It can be something. But think about, okay, if I'm my audience, well, I want to read this. And if the answer is nope, then don't post it. So I think about that a lot with LinkedIn because I see people like me or consultants or small business owners getting into other people's comments on LinkedIn uh-huh. and either changing the subject or putting the, sh- the spotlight back I hate on them. That. And 
it's just you're not being a good person when that. you do that. Yeah, it, and it's inauthentic, and I think it hurts them brand wise. So I, yeah, you know, there's a there's a happy medium there between overposting and making sure you're being authentic and being a good person. I call it social media gifting, and and if you have nothing else to say, say thanks. Right? If someone says something on, you know, say thanks. That's a great tip. That is awesome. You don't need to say thanks. Great tip. I would, I'm going to take this and I'm going to do with this. Okay, now you're promoting. Now it's sort of showing, you know, and that may not be good. I, here's something I like a lot is if you see something that particularly a client or someone would like, would find interesting, or could be helpful because you know that's their pain point, I love it when someone goes into comments and says, hey, Adam Shapiro, check this out. Oh, that's awesome. Right. You know, and, and what I'm seeing is, it, it say, Say you saw it on my feed on, you know, I probably say you did it to me, you know, hey, Mark Galvin, check this out. I would, if I was a third party, look at that. I say, oh, look at that. He's, he knows that's Mark's pain point. That's kind of cool. And it's going to move on. But here's what happens. It leverages your audience. Your audience now sees it. It's going to show up in your feed. They're going to see that you're looking out for someone else. And it's not, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's just helpful. You're helping that other person and you're genuinely doing it because you want to help the other person. It's just, I get to see that you're helping them. So I think that's good. That's great. Well, I'm going to tell you what I uh, I've enjoyed this conversation, uh, and I will, and I've got to admit to everybody we had a uh, I had a cancellation today. So I called Adam at uh, ten minutes to three and asked him to join me, and he jumped in. He said, "Yeah, I could do this." No, all serious not aside, he I mean to be serious, he did he jump got me in. Pre coffee. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, and you did say I had a, a little bit of uh, urgency in my voice, did I? You did. <laughs> I wasn't as, re as relaxed. Some might say panic. Yeah, uh, that, that was uh, that's a good word. And because if if you didn't show up, I was going to end up interviewing uh, uh, Mike Salmon over there, and I didn't want to interview him. That would have been it would have crashed. Yeah, He's some people are head. better seen, not heard. That well, hey, oh, did you say that? That's recorded. I love that. Well, before we before we start to close out, I want to know how can people find you? Where's the best place? www.salesreformschool.com. Adam Schapp on Twitter, LinkedIn, look for Adam Shapiro. Make sure it's the one that's Sales Reform School, not the CFO for Hire, who's a good guy. Right. Or there was a radio guy also who named Adam Shapiro in the 70s, and I think he still has a LinkedIn profile. I was going to say, I've, I think I know that. Is, was he in Atlanta? Well, we're both natives, right? Yeah. So well, I'm relatively a native. Uh, yeah, I think it was like WAOK or something like that in the oh, 70s. Wow. He may have even been blind. No. Oh, I got to look that up now. All right, you've, you've really, you've got my attention there. All right, so salesreformschool.com. And then find you on on on, um, on LinkedIn, just search you. Now, your your handle on LinkedIn is AdShap, right? A-D-S-H-A-P. So LinkedIn. tell me something. Yeah. Help me out here yeah. real quick. Is yeah. there a way to change that? Yes, there is. So get to your profile, go to the top right corner, and hit customize my URL. Now, you customized it at some time. But you're going to have to play around to see what's what's okay. available. Thanks. We'll do that after the show. We'll, we'll play around with that. So uh, all of you, check him out. This guy is awesome. Um, you can tell from his depth of knowledge just by, just by the way, you know, and by the way, you got a radio voice. So I think you have a future in radio because you've got a face for radio. Oh, just, I should do that to you. So good to see you. Thanks for being here with us today. And when you're looking for ePresence, i got to tell you how to find us. You can find us at ePresence.me. That's ePresence.me because it's all about you. And 
Our handle everywhere, just like my handle, is the same, E-Presence-M-E. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. You can track us down. We're always trying to share content that you can put to use. And we do repurpose a, a lot of content there, but we're focused on trying to make sure it's content that works for you guys. Um, also, our website again, epresence.me. That's epresence.me because it's all about you. Thank you for joining us here on How's Your Epresence. We broadcast live on the third Thursday at 3. That's uh, third Thursday at 3 Eastern. You can always find us here. Also, I do have a podcast channel. You can go and look at any major podcast location and, and you'll find us there. We drop this show as well as some other bonus content. I recently interviewed the CEO of the Atlantic Convention and Visitors Bureau and talked to him about his uh, professional social media. And that was a that was a great talk. But you can catch all the shows right here on Business Radio X and just select uh, go to businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio and click How's Your E-Presence. You'll find that show logo down there. And I was on uh, Al's, Al Simon's show's uh, show today. So look for Simon Says. He has a great show as well, also right here at Gwinnett Business Radio X. So for more about ePresence, check us out at epresence.me. That's epresence.me because it's all about you. Until next time, and my guest, Adam Shapiro, I'm Mark Galvin, and this has been How's Your ePresence on Business Radio X. Thank <laughs> you.